Thank you, thank you, thank you. Wow, this is, uh, this is huge for me, such an honor, uh, this opportunity. Um, so I just want to say thank you guys for, for tuning in. Uh, you matter. You're, you're important to us. We love you. Uh, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing right now, uh, I know how it is to be on that side, to watch service online, and I know that the distractions are real. I know it's easy to turn it off midway service or, or start yelling at the kid, uh, but I'm going to ask you just to engage uh, during this time. I believe that God has something special for you. Uh, I want to make sure that I honor Pastor Randy and Shrihan and uh, say thank you uh, for this house and for your obedience. Uh, there's a scripture in the Bible. It's a parable that Jesus taught, and he said when God does something in the earth, it's, it's like this. It's like a mustard seed, and it's very small. It's a very small seed, uh, but if you'll plant that seed and water that seed and not give up on that seed, it'll end up becoming one of the largest of trees, and birds from all over will come and find rest in those branches, and I myself and my son are, are a consequence and are people who have been able to find rest in what God is doing in this house. So I just want to say thank you to my pastors. If you're a part of this church, you are blessed. Let me tell you, uh, you are blessed. But uh, I'm excited about this morning. I'm ready to get in the word. I hope you're ready. It's the word of God that it has the power to change our life. Let's engage. Don't just go into your week like you have been. Don't just go in with the same frustration, the same perspective. Let's get something this morning that's going to be a game changer. Um, let's go ahead and pray. God, I thank you for this morning, for these moments. God, I thank you for everyone who is tuning in. God, I thank you that there is no time or space in the spirit, but you're able to work and talk to people, encourage people. Even if somebody hears this message midweek, you're able to speak to them through it. I'm praying that you would restore hope, restore faith. I'm asking God that you would do a mighty thing in your people. And God, I thank you that this is a 49er church. I don't care what the worship team is saying. And God, I ask you for favor tonight against the Eagles. It should be an easy win, but I'm not taking any chances. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that prayer, wherever you're at, say amen. All right, yeah. I got people in the crowd saying amen. I'm really excited. I'm going to share with you a pivotal moment in the life of a mighty man of God. I want to take a look at a pivotal moment in the life of a mighty man of God. I love pivotal moments. I love these game-changing moments because the Bible is full of them, and you can learn so much from them. I heard it, you know, it's a, it's a famous saying. It's, it's, I would rather learn from the mistakes of others than have to make those mistakes myself. I'm interested in learning. I'm interested in growing. I get one shot at this life. So if I can learn something from the life of a mighty man of God, I'm, I'm all ears. And I want you to be all ears with me this morning. I want to talk to you about a pivotal moment in the life of a mighty man of God. Like I said, the Bible's full of these. There have been men throughout history that have had these game-changing moments. Did you know that Peter had denied Jesus Christ? And his faith was a little shaky, but after his pivotal moment of an upper room and the day of Pentecost, after that pivotal moment, you never see this guy denying Jesus again. Ends up being in history as one of the boldest preachers out there. Jacob, he wrestled with his identity his whole life, but he had one game-changing moment with God, alone with God, wrestled with God, and on the other side of that, he got renamed and became Israel and didn't struggle with his identity again. Do you want one of these game-changing moments? 
I believe that this morning you're able to have one of those. If you just take a look with me, the mighty man of God I want to talk to you about this morning is Elijah. And the pivotal moment is this, that this mighty man of God, he found himself in a moment of extreme disappointment, discouragement, and even depression. This mighty man, Elijah, found himself in a moment of extreme disappointment, discouragement, and depression. And it's crazy to me because this could happen to anybody. A mighty man in depression. A mighty man in a cave in isolation. And I've seen that with my own two eyes. I've seen some of my heroes in some very low places. So I wanna tell you something. If you see a believer or a leader in a low place, don't judge, because it can happen to anybody. Elijah, not Elijah. Let's take a look at it. Elijah was not your average Joe. He was not a pretender. He was not a wannabe. I don't know if they still use the word poser, but he was not a poser. Back in the day, it was one of the worst insults when you acted like a skater and they identified you as a poser. Nobody wanted to be a poser. Elijah was not a poser. I've seen people, I grew up in church, and I've seen people act like they were men of authority and power, only to be proven that they were fakes or hypocrites, but this was not Elijah. Elijah was a man of power and significance. The power of God followed this guy. Did you know that you're also called to walk in the power of God? I'm going to say that again. You are called to walk and demonstrate the power of God. I know that's not a popular side of Christianity in this day and age, but it is all throughout the Bible, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And let me tell you that this morning, your life is supposed to be filled with the power of God. The Bible says that he is giving you the power over all sickness and disease, even COVID-19. He is giving you the power over sickness and disease. So let me tell you, he did not leave you without a solution. If you're sick in your body, call on the name of Jesus. It says, by, your, by his stripes you are healed. What are you dealing with today? Let the power of God show up. Did you know the Bible also says that he is giving you the power to get wealth? The Bible says that the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and adds no sorrow to it. What did Biggie say? More money, more problems. Not if God brings you that money. Come on, you're supposed to live with the power of God. That's how Elijah's ministry was full of the power of God. He was a man of significance. He knew who he was since childhood. He knew that there was something different about him. Have you ever had that feeling? Like you were supposed to be alive in this day? Let me tell you, you are significant. And you do have a purpose. And you were created on purpose for a purpose. Scholars believe that Elijah was so aware of his significance that he felt like he was to be as significant as a leader to the people of God as Moses was. He set the bar real high, like Moses, like, like Moses in the movie, like Moses in the movie. This guy had set the bar real high, and he had walked with his head up, his chest out, and his shoulders back. Elijah was walking with significance, and that's what you're called to. And he had reason to, because everything that he did, it seemed like God had endorsed this man. Did you know Elijah was so anointed that one time the power of God came on this guy? At the Bible records, he ran faster than a chariot. Did you know that there was so much power in this man's praying voice that he told the heavens to be shut up and to not rain, and he caused a drought and a famine in the land until his word gave the okay to start producing again? That's crazy. 
and he felt like all of this was leading to his grand moment and his purpose in life was this, to turn the people of God back to God. This was what he was made to do. And guess what? The story goes on to say that his moment finally arrived. Here it is, the moment he was called for. He has an audience with the king and he asks, he requests for a showdown. He said, you know what? You guys have gone astray and you're serving a false god. I want to call you back. So here's what you're going to do. You're going to go ahead and get 450 prophets of your so-called god and you're going to meet me on this mountain. You prepare a sacrifice for your god, I'll prepare a sacrifice for my god. And when it comes time to it, you call down fire from heaven on your sacrifice and I will call down fire from heaven on my sacrifice and the god that sends down the fire, that's the real god. They agree to it. 450 on one side and one man, Elijah, representing Yahweh God. They show up. Here's the moment. They start calling down the 450 prophets, calling down for fire, calling down to their God. No response. Elijah, the moment he lifts up his voice to God and asks for fire to be sent down, God answers it. He sends down fire from heaven. It licks up the sacrifice. And before an entire nation, God pr proves himself to be the one true God and proves Elijah to be his servant. Could you imagine how Elijah felt? It worked. I'm God's man. Man, this has been his best day yet. God came through, and he was expecting an entire nation in this moment to turn to God. But let me tell you what happened in the rest of the story. It didn't go as planned. And isn't that like life? Man, I don't know if there's a bitter, better picture of life not going as planned than 2020. Can you agree with me? Can I get an amen? Somebody out there on the other side of that screen. You know how it was. We were all in our little parties, man, shouting, Happy New Year! This gonna be my year! And then 2020 happened, and look at what happened now. Life took a left turn for Elijah, and, and instead of a nation turning to God, nobody responded accordingly. The king goes to his wife, the queen, the queen finds out what happened and ends up saying, sending death threats to Elijah. And it so impacted Elijah. It so scared Elijah that this disappointment sent this mighty man of God into isolation in a cave. And I want to tell you why I'm here this morning. I want to ask you about your pain of disappointment. I have come to ask you about that thing that happened in life that so disappointed you. Like I said, I grew up in church, and I have seen mighty men and families rocked by the pain of disappointment. What in life has disappointed you? What in life did you expect to be going one way and the exact opposite happened? What in life has robbed you of your smile? What in life has robbed you of your faith, your passion, your energy? What in, what in life has robbed you of that? I'm here to tell you, God's coming for you, because that's not okay. That's not the life you're supposed to live. I'm telling you that this morning's assignment is to rescue you from your pain, from your cave of disappointment. What is it? What is it? And I can relate. I know the pain of disappointment. I know what it's like to fall and to have the wind knocked out of you and to be rocked and to think, I'm not going to set my hopes that high ever again. Come on, what about the relationship? 
Saying, God, maybe, maybe it wouldn't have hurt me so bad if it wasn't so good first. Why even give me these memories, God, if it's going to end this way? God, my business. God, how is it going to start so well if it's just going to go under the pain of disappointment? Come on, don't tune me off right now. Take inventory. Are you hurting this morning? Are you hurting this morning? God wants to touch those areas. Elijah was dealing with disappointment, and that disappointment, unchecked, undealt with, it sent this mighty man into depression in a cave. But I got news for you this morning. You serve a God that loves you too much to leave you in that cave all by yourself. Come on, is anybody glad that they serve a God that will meet me where I'm at? Woo! He loves you too much to leave you in that hurting place. Come on, he loves you too much to leave you in that mess. God loves you. God loves you, and he's pursuing you, and he's not going to give up on you. God was after Elijah. Woo. Man. Let me read 1 Kings 19, verse 9. It says, There he went into a cave and spent the night. There was Elijah, hopeless. It says, And the word of the Lord came to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? I love it. God is not afraid to confront you in your situation. What are you doing here? Man of God used to be full of faith, full of vision, full of passion. You used to have excitement in your eyes. What happened? What are you doing here? Look at you. you. You're just going through the motions. You're just existing. You're not believing for anything anymore. What are you doing here? Woman of God used to carry yourself with such dignity, self-worth, respect. You knew who you were in God. And now your, your image is broken. You're insecure. You're getting attention from places you ought not be getting attention from. What are you doing here? What about the families, husbands and wives who used to look each other in the eye and say, I'm fighting for this marriage. And now we talk to each other however we want to. Disrespect coming out of our lips. What are you doing here? Come on, God had given you a dream. You knew you were called. You told other people you were called. And now you're doubting your calling. And you're, and you're, and you're debating leaving it and doing something else and just working uh, a regular job, something opposite of what you're called to. What are you doing here? I love it. God is, is confrontational. God will go out there and meet you where you're at. You know, I was talking to the youth not too long ago, and I saw this. I saw that God will run out and meet you. I was talking about the prodigal son, and you know the story. You know that this, this son went and wasted all of his father's inheritance, left his father, but his father was out on the porch waiting for the son to return. As soon as he sees the son return, the father runs. And back in the day, Jewish men didn't run for nothing. Kind of like some of the American men. We don't run for nothing, man. Hey, gyms are opening back up. Praise God for that. Um, but the father ran out to meet the prodigal son. They throw a party. They're excited. They celebrate the son's return. But it upsets an older son. The older son leaves and I noticed that the father actually runs out to meet the older son as well. Did you know you meet a God, you serve a God that will run out to meet you where you're at? He asks, Elijah, what are you doing here? And this is what Elijah says. And Elijah does what so many of us do. And I want to hit on this. When you get confronted with the seriousness of where you are, the reality of your situation, you can do one of two things. You can own it and repent, 
or you can give out excuses. Let's read verse 10. It says, he replied, well, God, what am I doing here? I'll tell you. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. It's the Israelites that have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I'm the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Excuses. Excuses. You have them? Are you saying them? What's coming out of your mouth? Come on, man of God. What, what are you doing down here? Well, it was the church. Come on, they hurt me. They talked about me. Woman of God, what are you doing down here? Well, my husband left me for another family, and now I'm trying to raise two kids by themselves. What are you doing down here? My parents, they didn't raise me. They didn't give me the love that I needed. That's what I'm doing down here. But I'm telling you, just like Elijah's situation, God wants to talk to you about your future. But we can't hear the gentle whispers of our future if we're only spitting out and spewing out excuses. It's the same old broken record. It's the same thing on repeat. And can I tell you, as a representative of those closest around you, we get it. We get it. We've heard this story a thousand times. It's Jezebel. She wants to kill me. She's after my life. But I got news for you. God is so much bigger than your Jezebel. Can I say something to you? God wants to do a new thing in your life. What God wants to do in you is far greater than what they did to you. I know the pain is real. I know the heartbreak is real. But what if this morning you allowed God to touch you in those deep places? God is able to do so much more in you than what they did to you. Excuses excuses. You can hold on to the excuses and stay where you're at, or you can let go of the excuses and begin to hear the gentle whispers of God that want to talk to you about what's next. What's next in your life? Don't you want to know? Don't you want to know what God has for you? But he can't talk to you because you're, yeah, 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 God. I'm, don't you think God knows? You're trying to inform God of what happened to you? God already knows. Not only that, you know what I think is funny? Elijah says, and I'm the only one left who's taking this thing seriously. In our excuses, we play the victim. I'm the only one left. I'm the only one in this relationship that's trying to make it work. I'm the only one at this job who's really putting in effort. I'm the only one. You know what God tells Elijah? Actually, boy, I got 7,000 prophets that you don't know about. Did you know that God has people you don't even know about? Did you know that God has relationships for you that you don't even know about? God has money for you that you don't even know about. Open doors that you don't even know about. But you can't hear these gentle whispers if all you're spewing out are the excuses. I want to invite the band to come back up and help me out. And I want to get into that pivotal moment. I love it. He's spewing out the excuses. Elijah's hurt. Elijah's hurt. And give this man some grace. He was hurt. He was disappointed. But look at God. I said, look at God. Verse 11, 1 Kings 19, 11, if you're tracking with me. It says, the Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. He says, goes on this mountain, Elijah, I'm going to pass by you. And you know what I found that was interesting? God had told this to another man before in history, and that man was Moses. 
God had told Moses, I'm going to put you in the cleft of the rock, and I'm going to cause my goodness to pass by. Here is the pivotal moment in Elijah's life, and even in my life, when God revealed to him, when God revealed to me how good he was. You serve a good God. Whatever you think about God, can I tell you this morning, he's better than you think. However you see God, can I tell you something this morning? He's bigger than you think. I know the hurt is real. I know the pain is real. But don't doubt God. God's a restorer. God's a redeemer. God's a healer. He says, I'm going to show you my goodness, Elijah. He cares. He didn't give up on Elijah. He didn't scold Elijah. The cure to your dysfunction is God's goodness. God will love you out of any issue you're dealing with, out of any addiction you're dealing with. God's goodness is the answer. He took him up to a mountain. Verse 11, we're still on it. It says, then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Verse 12, after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. Man, I love that because that is so indicative of the nature of God. He's not in the noise. He's not in the aggression. He's not in the distractions. He's not in the noise. He's in a gentle whisper. He's not in the noise. And can I tell you something? I don't know if I've ever experienced a year with as much noise as this year, but God's not in it. Look around. Everybody's upset. Politics are screaming at you. This pandemic is screaming at you. Civil and social unrest. Even Christians are trying to fight, ready to throw hands. I'm like, what happened to turning the other cheek? There's a bunch of noise, but God's not in that. God's not in that. And in order to hear the gentle whispers, we gotta drown out the noise. Maybe it would be good for us to turn the notifications off. Maybe it would be good for us to turn the TV off. Even the sports radio. What if we turned our ear towards God? Maybe we can hear gentle whispers about our future. Don't you want direction? God wants to give you direction. God wants to give you direction. Starting this morning, starting in this moment, this week, I believe that God wants to whisper to you direction and plans that he has for your future. Could you imagine this moment for Elijah? So much going on, but God's not in this, and God's not in that. And then God whispers. Have you ever heard the voice of God? Man. There's so much power in a word from God. It'll get you right out of your dysfunction. It'll get you right out of your addiction. Let me tell you something. It's not your job to set yourself free from the addiction. Get a word from God. Watch that word deliver. Watch that word heal. Watch that word set free. God is wanting to give you a word. This was the word to Elijah, 1 Kings 19, 15. The Lord said to him, go back the way that you came. 
and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Haziel, king over Aram. Also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat from Abel, to succeed you as prophet. Go back to verse 15. I want to highlight something. He said, go back. Go back. You're going to leave this cave, and you're going to go back, and you're going to face those things that used to taunt you and torment you. Go back and grab that oil because you're not done with that. Grab your anointing. Come on, those things that you used to do, I want you to do them again. Come on, that passion that you used to have, I want you to grab that again because I'm going to use that. You used to give, you used to tithe, you used to believe God. Grab that oil again because I'm going to use it again. You used to pray, you used to serve. Grab that oil again. I'm going to use it. I'm going to cause you to anoint kings. Wow, you're living in caves, but God has kings in your future. Don't stay in that cave. It's not over for you. It's not over for you. Don't call it quits yet. God's not done with you. Go back. Go back. I love it. I love it. I, I believe that God is working in you right now. Grab that oil. You're needed. Elijah was called to anoint kings, but he was also called to father a boy. There was a boy out there waiting on this man. There are people who are waiting for you. There are people that need your touch. You think you're done? No. You think you're all screwed up? No. There's someone who needs to hear your story. There is someone you need to touch. I believe that God is going to give us a fresh understanding of what real success is. In this book, it says, I want you to father a boy. Come on, what is God saying to you this morning? Go back. We're going to jump into a moment of worship right now. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to drop the excuses and give God the pain. And I believe that God is going to begin to whisper to you about your future. Your best days are ahead of you. The second part of your life is going to be greater than the first part of your life. Are you ready? One last thing before we go into worship. I want to tell you something. It's crazy. Elijah wanted to die and be buried in a cave. But God told him, nope, you're not going to die and be buried in this cave. As a matter of fact, you're not going to be buried at all. Nope, there's two people right now in heaven that have earth so suits. One of them is Enoch and the other one is Elijah. Elijah hasn't seen death yet. There's another moment before Jesus' final hour. God was going to send two people from the Old Testament to encourage Jesus before he had to endure the cross. And one of them was Moses and the other one was a man just as significant as Moses and his name was Elijah. Man, what does God have for you that you have no idea about? And you're going to call it quits? No, I'm calling you out of that. I'm calling you out of your cave. I'm calling you out of your disappointment. I'm calling you out of your depression and out of your suicidal thoughts. God has a plan for your life. Are you ready? Wherever you're at right now, maybe you should pull off on the side of the road. Maybe you should gather the family. I don't want you to miss this moment. I believe that God is going to do a deep work in you wherever you're at. Here's what I want you to do as they lead us in worship. I want you to give God that pain and give God that hurts. 
Make a decision. I'm done with the excuses. And watch God speak to you and whisper to you about your future. Are you ready? Go ahead, worship team. Just to be close to you It's where I want to be Just to be close to you It's where I'm set free Just to be close to you Just to be close to you Just to be close to you Oh, that's where I want to be Just to be close to you That's where I'm set free Oh, just to be close to you Oh, just to be close to you that's listening you know where they are the kind of hurt that they have the kind of disappointment they face but right now in the name of Jesus I speak healing to their situations God healing over the, their emotions God healing over their relationship God for the homes I pray that the love of God would flood those homes our homes in Jesus name God, for anxious minds, I declare peace in the name of Jesus. God, those whose hope and faith have been damaged, I speak restoration. I speak that significance. I speak that, that confidence right back into your people. Man, if you're listening on, and you're on the other side watching this and you haven't received Jesus, that's where it all starts. He is proof that God loves you. He is proof that God has not given up on you. He says, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. If you want to receive the free gift of salvation, the life of God to be running through your veins, I want to pray for you. You can repeat with me if you'd like. Say, Father, I thank you for the love of God. 
Lord, I need this free gift of salvation. I can't do life on my own. I receive this gift. I am a new creation. If you say old things are passed away, I believe it. I receive this life. I receive this gift. My best days are ahead. And it all changes now. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you sing with me this one last time? Thank you, Jesus. Thanks for listening. If this impacted you and you'd like to partner with us, go to celebrationchurch.cc give to help us reach people with the message of Jesus. 